local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5 for this Monday, February the 12th. 2024, 5.06 p.m. on the East Coast of this here United States of America. I am Patrick Reynolds. Welcome to WSIC News Talk, News Drive at 5. Great to have you along for the ride with us on this Monday afternoon. Hope the week is off to a great start for you. You just heard Local Biz Now with Joe Vagnone every Monday here on WSIC News Talk. 4 p.m., the number one, as Joe says, number one talk business show in all the villes it's from statesville to huntersville north charlotte north charlotteville i guess it would be in his in his vernacular but yes number one talk business show in all the bills local biz now joe's co-host this month is elizabeth colin with ms fit one they're a dynamic duo that is rolling through for the month of february here on wsic news talk so if you want to chat about the local biz Seen around here in Lake Norman, North Charlotte. Local biz now, 4 p.m. each Monday here on WSIC News Talk. Here on the News Drive at 5, we've got your local headlines coming right up. Our top five at five news stories that we are tracking for you this afternoon. A Statesville man faces multiple drug charges. A Charlotte cyclist has been killed. The Mooresville Police Department will host a drug take-back event. We have a Troutman Town Council update. And Fort Dobbs is planning construction of a new visitor center. All of this and more coming up on the News Drive at 5. We also have our ticket giveaway for the Charlotte Home in Remodeling Show. That's coming up a little bit later in this hour, February 23rd, 4th, and 5th. That's coming up. Just a few weekends away at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. I've got a four-pack of winning tickets to attend the show. No charge. You just got to call in 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464 for a four-pack of winning tickets for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. Craig Conover of Bravo, Bravo's hit series Southern Charm. We'll be appearing at the show Friday, February the 23rd, and Saturday, February the 24th. 844-STUDIO-4 gets you right into the studio here to chat about the local headlines. The number for that, 844-788-3464. You want to talk about anything going on in the world, or we'll clear those lines a little bit later and give away that four-pack of tickets. In any event, WSIC News Talk welcomes your voice. Our ears are on if you'd like to call in and talk. To today's top headlines. A Statesville man faces multiple drug charges following an investigation by the Statesville Police Department. The department announced the arrest of Randall Antonio Carr, aged 44, of Glade Street. Carr's arrest was the culmination of a department investigation initiated as the result of citizen complaints about illegal drug activity at 928 Glade Street. After investigators and officers conducted surveillance and made undercover purchases of crack cocaine from that location, department personnel executed a search warrant at 928 Glade Street on February the 6th. During the execution of the search warrant, officers located and seized nearly 30 grams of cocaine, 
105 dosage units of oxycodone, and 11 grams of marijuana. U.S. currency and drug paraphernalia were also seized. Carl was apprehended at the scene. During the course of the investigation, he experienced a medical emergency and was transported to a local hospital where he was admitted for treatment. After being discharged from the hospital on February 8th, Carr was taken into custody and charged with trafficking in opiates, possession with intent to sell or deliver cocaine, possession with intent to sell or deliver a Schedule II narcotic, which was the oxycodone, felony maintenance of a dwelling for controlled substances, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Carr was presented before a magistrate who ordered him held at the Iredell County Detention Center without bond due to his existing bond status related to other charges. The Statesville Police Department encourages residents to report any suspicious behavior. In Rockingham County, a former Rockingham County Sheriff's Office captain has been charged with multiple sexual battery and assault offenses. Marcus Shane Bullens, age 53, who until Thursday served with the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office as a field operations commander, faces two misdemeanor counts of sexual battery and four misdemeanor counts of assault on a female, according to Stokes authorities, who served Bullens with warrants that had been issued by a Rockingham County magistrate, according to Eric Cohn of the Stokes Sheriff's Office. Bullens turned himself in at the Stokes Sheriff's Office on Friday. Authorities did not provide details of the alleged offenses. Lieutenant Kevin Southard, spokesman for the Rockingham Sheriff's Office, referred all questions about Bullens to the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation in Raleigh, which he said is handling investigation of the case. Bullens of Stoneville met his $12,000 bond set by Stokes officials and was released by authorities over the weekend. Southern said Bullens hired in August of 2004, was placed on paid suspension a few days before Thanksgiving after Rockingham County Sheriff Sam Page became aware of allegations made against Bullens. In his role with the sheriff's office, Bullens had supervised uniformed deputies, animal control officers, and the patrol division. He was terminated by the sheriff's office on Thursday, according to officials. Southard said the sheriff, quote, performed an internal investigation with regards to the personal and employee aspects of the case. Then Page turned the matter over to the SBI. Southard continued, quote, I'm not sure as to the exact charges, but they were made by the State Bureau of Investigation. It is my understanding that Mr. Bullens had turned himself into Stokes County Sheriff's Department on the SBI's warrants. In Charlotte, a driver who hit and killed a bicyclist was not legally allowed on the road, according to an update from Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police. CMPD says they found a person in the road and a damaged bicycle at the scene of a crash on the 5000 block of North Graham Street on Saturday evening around 7.20 p.m. They also saw a Cadillac Escalade with damage to the front left corner just past the victim. After investigating the crash, police say Lamont Fellman McInnes, aged 49, shouldn't have been on the road. He was driving with a revoked license. The victim, whose name hasn't been released yet, was pronounced deceased by the medics at the scene of the crash. Police say he was standing next to his bike in the left lane, heading in the direction of Uptown 
North Graham Street when McGinnis, also traveling south toward Uptown, hit him. McGinnis wasn't hurt in the crash, and he wasn't speeding or driving under the influence, according to the investigation. He was issued a citation for driving while license revoked. CMPD hasn't said whether he will face charges for the incident. The Mooresville Police Department and Iredell County Safe Kids Coalition will host a drug and syringe take-back event on Tuesday, March the 19th. The event will be held from 2 to 5 p.m. at HealthSmart Pharmacy, located on North Main Street in Mooresville. Drug deactivation kits for home use, poison prevention information, and drug lockboxes will also be available on the March 19th event. News Drive at 5 rolls on for this Monday, February 12th. Patrick Reynolds taking you home. Thanks for being with us on WSIC. We'll be back right after this. We'll be back with more of the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds in just a moment on 1059-100.7 WSIC. The News Drive at 5 continues now on 1059-100.7 WSIC. Here's your host, Patrick Reynolds. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 for this Monday, February the 12th, 2024, 518 p.m. on the East Coast. The ticket giveaway continues for the Charlotte Home in Remodeling Show. In about 30 minutes from now, some lucky caller is going to win a four-pack that you see if you're watching on the social media Video feed for anything for WSIC News. I'm holding them up. The Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. Those four-pack of tickets are right there. Going to go to a lucky winner in about 30 minutes. The show takes place February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm will be appearing Friday, February 23rd, and Saturday, February 24th. 844-STUDIO-4, 844 Three four six four. Anytime gets you right in here to the studio for the news drive at five, and to win that four pack of tickets, just in a little while, just under a half an hour from right now. Back to the news drive at five headlines for your Monday afternoon in Davidson. Mecklenburg County Board of Elections data reflects that Davidson had thirteen thousand registered voters as of November of two thousand and twenty-three. Of those voters, about 5,700 are unaffiliated, almost 4,000 are registered Democrats, and about 3,200 are registered Republicans, 75 are registered as Libertarians. Per North Carolina election law, Democratic, Libertarian, and Republican voters will have specific ballots in the primary election. Davidson's 5,700 unaffiliated voters will be able to select one of those three ballots when they cast their primary votes. Early voting for the primary begins February 15th and runs through March the 2nd. Davidson Town Hall and Community Center on South Street serves as an early voting site. During early voting, Mecklenburg County voters can vote at any of the sites countywide. On primary day, March the 5th, Voters are required to vote at their designated precinct polling location. Uh, 
Davidson's Precinct 127 voters polling location is Hopewell Baptist Church, while Precinct 206 voters polling location is the Town Hall and Community Center. According to the North Carolina State Board of Elections website, the winners of primary election process will be determined as follows. Candidates who win in each contest on their party's ballot will become their party's nominee. The nominee will appear on the ballot in the general election contest. To become the party's nominee, the candidate must win by at least 30% of the vote plus one. For multi-seat primary contests, for example, at-large county commissioners, primary candidates win if they earn 30% of the total number of votes, votes cast in the contest, divided by the number of nominations to be filled. If no candidate reaches the vote percentage necessary to become the nominee in a contest on the ballot, a runner-up can request a second primary to be held on May the 14th. News closer to our studio in Statesville. The Friends of Fort Dobbs are preparing to undertake the second phase of a multi-year improvement project at Fort Dobbs State Historic Site in Statesville. A full-scale replica of the fort of the log fort was completed in 2019. Now, thanks to a grant from the North Carolina General Assembly, plans are now underway for construction of a new visitor center. The new visitor center will include exhibits on the French and Indian War, a gift shop, enhanced visitor amenities, and staff offices. From 2022 to 2023, the North Carolina General Assembly appropriated a total of $2.5 million to pay for the design and construction of a 3,500 to 4,000-square-foot building, in addition to other site improvement. Friends of Fort Dobbs board member Ken Robertson said, quote, Our legislatures past and present have been tremendous supporters of the fort. They recognize what a great historical destination we have. A proper visitor center will pay off for Aradale County as tourists spend more time and money at the fort than at local businesses. Representative Jeff McNeely presented the nonprofit board with a ceremonial check at a meeting. McNeely, Representative Gray Mills, and Senator Vicki Sawyer were all instrumental in securing the funding. The design process will be completed this year with construction anticipated in 2025. The Friends of Fort Dobbs is a 501c3 nonprofit organization which supports Fort Dobbs State Historic Site in its mission to preserve and interpret the site of Fort Dobbs and North Carolina's role in the French and Indian War. In an update from the Troutman Town Council, the council approved a conditional mixed residential zoning request for a 134-unit townhome development off Perth Road. Uh, the property pieces will be offered in the $350,000 range. The 24 buildings will contain from three to eight units. The traffic impact study findings conducted for the previous apartment project are being reduced because of the townhome project's lower impact. The council voted 4-1 to one to approve the project. The council unanimously approved an annexation and rezoning request by C2C Land Development for over 7,800 acres on Charlotte Highway from Iredell County, the Residential Agricultural Highway Business for Commercial Development. 
an annexation and rezoning request by the Troutman ABC Board for over seven acres on Charlotte Highway from Aradale County. Residential agricultural to highway business was also approved for a future ABC store site. An annexation, annexation request from BBC Rocky Creek for 19 and 0.511, located off Byers Road, received unanimous approval. The site was previously rezoned for conditional mixed use. Councilmember Paul Hankel proposed that Town Attorney Gary Thomas prepare an amendment to the council policy for remote participation to be considered at the March agenda briefing and town council meeting. Thomas agreed to create the public policy but warned the council that voting on rezoning cases remotely could open the council to legal challenges. In other business, the council also approved requests for additional 23-24 budget amendments expected to be covered by incoming revenues, according to Finance Director Justin Monday. With this on-call assistance, the traffic impact analysis process would change. The traffic study team would now be working for the town instead of the developer through the services are paid for by the developer. The change would put more emphasis on ensuring town ordinances and interests like Greenway, Future Land, Mike, Use Map, Bike, and Pedestrian Plans. They are considered, which the North Carolina uh, Department of Transportation does not require. Tanya Bartlett was appointed to an inside voting member seat on the Planning and Zoning Board, filling the unexpired term of Kenneth Reed through May, and also a new full three-year term running through May 14th of 2027. A public hearing date of March 14th for annexation of over four acres on 398 Hemi Drive was also set. In further information, the South Iredell High School wrestling coach Bill Mayhew was honored by the town council. For the last 80 years, Bill Mayhew has been the coach of the South Iredell High School's wrestling team. Coach Mayhew both broke the record for the most dual match wins in North Carolina history, which happened with his 900th win back in December. That was at East Wilkes High School. Total now, he's got 923 wins. Other achievements for Coach Mayhew are the South Iredell High School Hall of Fame, the Mooresville High School Hall of Fame, the Iredell County Hall of Fame, and the North Carolina Wrestling Coaches Hall of Fame, North Carolina Coaches Hall of Fame, and the National Wrestling Coaches Hall of Fame. I have to total up the Hall of Fames there. That is quite the accomplishment Mr. Mayhew has. Mayhew thanked the town for the honor, saying he taught many of those that he was talking to. He praised the staff for being so nice and welcoming to the community and himself. Mayor Young expressed his appreciation for all Mayhew has done for the community and for being a role model for so many young men. Continuing with Troutman Council news, Jessica Davidson was honored by her supervisor, Town Finance Director Justin Mundy, as the January Employee of the Month. Davidson works as a customer service representative and utility billing specialist. She has worked for the town since April of 2023. Mundy said, one quote, when Jessica started, we threw a lot on her plate. She began working up front with a customer service role and helping there while also learning the passport process. During this time, we also told her we wanted her to learn how to be a backup to the town clerk. This was a lot to throw on a new employee in a growing town with a fast-paced environment. 
Jessica never complained and has always come to work with a positive attitude. She always has a smile on her face and is in a cheery mood. More from Troutman, Miss Iredell County Jamie Logan and Miss Iredell County teen Piper Pollard appeared before the council to explain a little bit about their community service projects this year. Logan chose sports-related organizations and activities as her community project, including Girls on the Run, Special Olympics, and a sports day with the Iredell County Recreation Department. Pollard's project is helping children cope with stress, she created a program called We Tai Chi. She has been teaching elementary age children how to practice Chai Chi and reduce their stress levels. Troutman Fire and Rescue Chief Wesley Morris presented the department's quarterly report to the council. He said calls rose again in 2023. Over 3,200 calls being performed by his staff, staff members. The staff also logged over 7,700 in training hours during this past year. News Drive at 5 rolls on. Ticket giveaway coming up soon. Patrick Reynolds taking you home. We'll be back right after this. The News Drive at 5 will be back shortly on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Local starts here. Call in now to speak with Patrick Reynolds on the News Drive at 5. The number to dial is 844-STUDIO-4. WSIC. Local starts here. You heard her. 844-STUDIO-4. 844-788-3464. Would love to talk to you here on the News Drive at 5. We are at 535 p.m. Eastern Time on this Monday, February 12th, 2024. Tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show about ready to be given away after our next break. February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm appearing on the show Friday, February 23rd, and Saturday, February the 24th. So call in to win after our next commercial break love to give away those tickets and chat with you about the local headlines back to troutman fire chief morris in the same town council meeting also announced that station three renovation is finally finished and the certificate of occupancy issued the project included remodeling the kitchen and living quarters and the addition of two bays and sleeping quarters Station 3 now has three full-time firefighters per shift and run, runs Engine 1 out of that station. A new fire engine is set for an April delivery. Morris said that the department is short three full-time firefighters with interviews underway. He hopes that all three positions will be filled by March. Staffing includes four full-time firefighters at Station 1 and three each at Station 2 and 3. Troutman Library Director Tamara Hicks reported that children's programming, including Storytime, Discovery Club, STEAM activities, teen programs, and monthly family programs are going well. The library also has a book club and other programming activities for adults. During the past four months, 23,000 visitors have come through the library doors, keeping the staff very busy. Hicks invited the community members with young children to come to the Saturday story time, during which they will hear a story, do a craft, and other programming. 
Hicks said the holiday party, which featured the Monday Night Pickers, had over 200 people attend. On February 21st, the library is holding an African folk program and invites the community to attend, which joined a variety of characters with a wide range of cultures and stories that celebrate the various folktale traditions from the continent of Africa. Now, please register for the presentation, which is limited to 40. The Troutman Library is also participating in the North Carolina Reads Program through the North Carolina Humanities Department. In March, participants will read Poster Girl, and in May will read The Violin Conspiracy. Hicks noted the need for library expansion because some patrons have complained about the volume of noise during children's programming. Troutman is growing and the space is needed, but they are doing the best they can with the space that they have. Update on the Troutman ABC store. Leighton Getzinger, chairman of the Troutman ABC board, gave the quarterly report for the store. In addition to providing the quarterly sales stats, he noted that since the store opened in December of 2016, the store has $17 million in total net sales. Required distributions over the seven years of store operation include $380,000 to the town and its designated nonprofit entities, $88,000 in education funds to the Drug Alcohol Coalition of Iredell, and $61,000 to law enforcement for a total of $490,000 in distributions into the town and the community since it opened. The store made a net profit of $1.1 million after distribution since it opened, which was used to pay for the first location of the store, the warehouse addition, and to purchase land for a second store. Troutman Parks and Rec's director, Emily Watson, said that a new patio and seating area on the right side of the ESC Park splash pad is now complete. The amenity was in use about 20 minutes after its completion. She also announced that the vendor spaces for the April 6th Spring Chart Expo at South Iredell High School's gym are full. Twice the number of vendors will be at the second annual event. Watson said the March sewing class is already full, but there are still more spaces for knitting and scrapbooking classes. The Sprint into Spring 5K and 10K registration is open at runsignup.com. The March 10th event is at 3 p.m. at Town Hall. A baseball clinic on March 16th, this f- filling up for the 1st through 8th graders, which will be run by the South Iredell High School coaching staff. Watson also said that June 29th Independence Parade participation registration is now open. To sign up for any activity through Troutman Parks and Recreation, registrants must first create an account. Lots going on at the Troutman Town Council meeting. Jumping from Troutman to a bigger footprint in Iredell County, ISS school leaders set the record straight this week by detailing efforts to prevent students from accessing books that are inappropriate for their age at the public libraries. The presentation at Monday's board meeting came a few weeks after a Moms for Liberty member spread misinformation about the student access accounts during the board's public comment period. The same individual outraged many in the community by reading aloud sexually explicit material that she claimed was easily accessible to ISS students via the local public libraries. 
ISS Director of Digital Technology and Learning, Jackie Parker, gave the school board an overview of the district's partnership with the Aradel County Public Library System and the Mooresville Public Library. Parker said students were able to gain access to a curation of digital materials through North Carolina Digital Kids and the Iredell Public Collection. This partnership, she said, created equitable access to books and other materials. Students who don't have transportation to the library or money to purchase books could request books be brought to their school through a courier program. In 2021, the partnership expanded to the Mooresville Public Library. According to Parker, this partnership was beneficial to the Brawley IB school students as well. With the Mooresville partnership, she said, students have access to some of the same resources, but if students wanted to check out a book, they had to pick it up in person at the library. Other benefits of the partnership with the libraries include no library fines, materials can be sent directly to the school, and additional materials. School board member Mike Kubinick asked if it was possible for a student to download sexually explicit material on a school device. Parker said it was not possible because the d- district restricts access to those ebooks. School board member Doug Knight asked if certain books could be blocked by software for students trying to check out print materials that aren't age appropriate from the public library. Moore explained, quote, that doesn't happen very often. If a 10-year-old is requesting an adult fiction novel that's inappropriate, we aren't going to send that over, end quote. The courier system was created, Moore said, as a result of feedback from the media coordinators that there was a barrier for students who didn't live close to the library. Moore said, quote, we wrote a grant and partnered with the school system to provide a courier system. We courier their items in a bag and drop it off and then it's brought over to their school library. Roberts also explained that if a librarian sees a book is not age-appropriate, they contact the media coordinator at the student's school before filling the request and sending the book. As an additional safeguard, the media coordinator at the schools checks the level of appropriateness. Parker said that the district was tightened the restrictions so that students in middle school and elementary school can only get juvenile books. Parker said, quote, there's some middle schoolers who are probably going to get upset because some of the titles that they have read that you wouldn't think, for instance, The Hunger Games, it has some violence in it and killing because they do that to survive. That's considered a young adult book, and now they can't check that out digitally, end quote. This school year, there have been 8,700 book checkouts, both in person and at the school, through student access accounts at the Aradale County Public Library. There have been 5,000 digital materials checked out through student access account, about 3,000 what they're called Sora materials or ebooks or audiobooks that have been checked out digitally. Superintendent Jeff James said the partnership with the libraries is important and the district works with the community to ensure appropriate access. News Drive at 5 here on WSIC rolls on. Patrick Reynolds is taking you home. We'll be back right after this. for more of the News Drive at 5, coming up on 1059-100.7 WSIC. Call 844-STUDIO-4 now to join in the conversation on the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds on 1059-100.7 WSIC.
Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. I am Patrick Reynolds with you on this Monday, February 12th, 2024, 5.48 p.m. Eastern Time. And it is time to give away that winning four-pack of tickets for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464 gives you a winning four-pack of tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show on February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series, Southern Charm. We'll be at the show on the 23rd and 24th. That's Friday and Saturday of that weekend. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. If you'd like the tickets or just want to chat about the news that's happening today, North Charlotte, Lake Norman, Aradale County, Lincoln County, talk to us. 844-STUDIO-4. In Mooresville, the town will host its second annual Creek Week, March 4th through the 9th. The town's stormwater division is working with various town departments as well as local businesses, organizations, and agencies to offer a week full of fun and engaging events for kids, teens, and adults. Creek Week events, including tours of the water treatment plant and wastewater treatment plant, guided hikes in Mooresville Parks, trivia at a local brewery, kid activities at the main library and West Branch. Along with the community cleanup, there is a full lineup of activities and events on Saturday, March the 9th at Bellingham Park, including a touch a truck with town vehicles and equipment, technical workshops, educational activity booths, and volunteer opportunities. Marissa Houston, Stormwater Program Manager, said, quote, we added more events for various ages this year to help educate our community about why it's important to keep our water as clean as possible. This year, we incorporated more town departments and a local brewery to expand our events and better reach our residents, young and old, end quote. Registration is required for certain events, including the guided hike at Mazeppa Road Park and the guided tours at the water and wastewater treatment plants. In Davidson, the town is painting a rosy picture for local artists and businesses during its annual April is for Arts event. Set for Friday, April 26th to Sunday, April 28th, the celebration brings thousands of people to the annual gallery crawl and art on the green. A juried art festival features booths filled with work from artists throughout the region. The weekend includes live music and food. Applications are now available online. Hard copy applications for both artists and businesses are at Davidson Town Hall. Deadline to apply is March the 1st. The Gallery Crawl is on April 26th. Arts on the Green Festival will be April 27th and April 28th. And Concerts on the Green kicks off on April 28th. In Lincoln County, the Arts Council of Lincoln County is once again sponsoring its amateur photography exhibit and competition. Entries will be accepted 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Friday, March the 1st, and Tuesday, March the 5th at the Lincoln Cultural Center in Lincolnton. The show will be on exhibit in the Carolina Mills Gallery of the Lincoln Cultural Center. 
From March 7th through March 27th, there will be an opening reception and awards presentation on March 7th from 6 to 7.30 for all participants, their guests, and the community. All entrants must be 18 years or older and must engage in photography for pleasure rather than financial gain or professional reasons. Entrants must not hold a photographer's license or make their living at photography. Photo entries should be original photographs that have not been reproduced for public sale and have not been exhibited in any Arts Council of Lincoln County events in the past. Entry fee is $25 for one to three photographs with a limit of two entry fees per participant. Categories for photographs are plant life and landscapes, people, animal life, abstract and special effects. They've got a miscellaneous category and a black and white category. All entries must be framed and ready to hang. No sawtooth hangers, hooks, or desktop frames are allowed. All frames must have wire hangers or have frames that easily hang. All work must, re must remain on exhibit until the end of the show. Judging will focus on mood, impact, composition, and quality. For more information, please contact the Arts Council of Lincoln County. Back to Mooresville to celebrate the completion of its Fiber Internet Network project, TDS Telecommunications presented the Dove House Children's Advocacy Center with a $500 donation. The check presentation took place at an event where the company also designated Mooresville an official TDS FiberFest community. TDS's mission is to provide high-quality communication services, and one of its core values is investing in the communities it serves. Amy Stevens, the Director of Development at Dove House, was present at the FiberFast event. Said Stevens, quote, We are so grateful to TVS for this generous donation. Their support not only improves our ability to minimize child trauma, but it also reaffirms their commitment to fostering positivity and safety in our community. At the event, TDS also presented its Fiber Fast Community designation to the town of Mooresville. The award marks the completion of TDS's Fiber Network project and recognizes residents and businesses access to reliable, world-class internet. With the completion of major construction activities in Mooresville, the Fiber Network now provides more than 12,000 additional homes and businesses access to lightning-fast internet speeds up to 8 gigs. Official Fiber Fast community designation serves as a signal for company owners, area residents, and others looking for new locations to build a business and grow their families. News out of Davidson. More news out of Davidson, I should say. The North Carolina Wildlife Resource Commission classifies this time of year as mating season for coyotes. The Town Hall of Davidson will be sharing tips from the state as we progress through the upcoming coyote seasons. Pets can draw the attention of these pack animals. Large dogs can be viewed as a threat or competition, while smaller dogs and cats may be viewed as a potential food source, especially in the colder months. There are several ways to prevent these wild animals to getting to your canine and feline friends. Don't leave your pets outside or unattended. Keep your dogs on a six-foot leash. Stick to trails and open paths. Avoid feeding the pets outside. There's a whole lot more. You can contact North Carolina Wildlife Helpline and NorthCarolinaWildlife.org 
we'll give you lots of information on the coyote season. Now, here we are, Monday, February 12th, which hereby a lot of people have designated Super Bowl Monday as a lot of the population recovers from their Sunday night party slash game watching. Right alongside me on the table here with the audio board, the engineer for this show and host of the scoreboard coming up, Joe Berg is alongside. How are you on the Super Bowl Monday here, Joe? You know, today should be a national holiday, right? Kind of is in some places. <laughs> it, it really should be. I know in Kansas City it's definitely. Definitely. Nobody's, Nobody's working going today to in work Kansas today. City. Yeah, uh, there are. There was a teacher work day at Mooresville Graded School School District. Was there? You smart. We're getting there. You got to put it in anyway. I know my my daughter was raised in the ISS school system, and they had a teacher work day almost every year on like October 29th or 30th. Finally, they put it on November 1st. <laughs> it just made sense. So, uh, big game last night. Thrilling, like a slow first half. Dynamite second half, an exciting finish. It was. It was a great game. Uh, I, I knew we were going to see a good Super Bowl. I just didn't know if it was going to be good defensively or good offensively. We kind of got a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, but in the end, Kansas City Chiefs. Third championship in five years now. Yeah. It's officially, uh, we can say the D word now. They yep. are a dynasty. They are. And uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of already better than anybody else at this point in his career. Yeah. More coming up on this at the scoreboard at the top of the hour. So don't change your dial. Joe's got a Super Bowl recap and lots of uh, plenty of stats and observations. During the commercial break, earlier in the news drive at five, you pulled up some startling eye-opening numbers for Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady, of all people. You know, at the same age, I'll let Joe talk about it a little bit more, but Mahomes, you know, the the, the comparisons, they are legit comparisons at this point. It, it is, and it, it's kind of scary to look at it because you know how good Brady was, especially mm -hmm. in the playoffs right. early in his career. And at this point, I'll start with this. I'll give you this. At age 28 in the playoffs... Patrick Mahomes has already started 18 games. Mm. Tom Brady only had 11 by age 28. Mm. So already you can see Mahomes playing more games in the playoffs, making deeper runs. He's already got one regular season worth of playoff football under his belt. 41 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Brady at age 28, 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Not even close. Age to age. Age to age Mahomes is, is not even close. Yeah. And Brady just shook the record book. It's and yeah, he was he was a dynasty all by himself. He was. Legendary, iconic, and and here this young man is not even thirty years old. Twenty eight years old. He's got old. plenty in the bank still left to go. It's it's gonna be some run for the next fifteen years. <laughs> well, uh, people obviously Niner fans not happy, but as a sports fan, it's great to witness greatness it in is. my you know, to sit Love them, hate them, whatever, that's fine. Admire the, the passion, admire the talent that we're looking at. Yeah. News Drive at 5, that wraps us up for this Monday, February 12th. I am Patrick Reynolds. We're out of here. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great evening, everybody. Take care. Serving you better than ever before. 105.9, 100.7, WSIC, Statesville, Morrisville, North Charlotte.